All right. Here it is. Again. And it's cold. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Punk rock. Three chords. Four if you were looking. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. Hey everybody, I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the Wire episode of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. This is, uh, it's a crazy, I, I, I don't know, it's a crazy deep dive. I, uh... I'm not, I, I have not been a fan of these guys. I haven't really listened to much of them. I've listened to their entire uh, playlist now, and I'm pretty stoked. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've decided we're going to turn over a new leaf and try and get music going as quickly as possible. So before we do anything else, let's just play a song off of the uh, off of Wire's debut album, Pink Flags. What do you want to hear? Uh, I, I really like the song Strange. Probably already familiar with that song um, because of the REM cover. Is that is that right? Well, yeah, I didn't notice it until last episode. I think you mentioned uh-huh. that it was reworked by REM, um, and I I went back and listened to it, and oh, I mean, I know the song from that. That you know, yeah. it's, it's a different. It's they they kind of yeah, they definitely reworked it. They definitely made it you know different. Um, yeah, they kind of they they. They kind of rocked it out a little bit and smoothed out the edges, and so it doesn't, it's it doesn't have that sort of raw, dangerous feel to it uh-huh. that this version has. So I do like this version better. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of it too. Actually, I'm I'm a big fan of the album. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So now let's circle back. We're going to be talking about all things wire this episode, except for. Let's do a little correction. This is the so I think I, I think this is the twelfth or thirteenth episode we've done, and we've been pretty good about not making like flat out mistakes. I mean, we've we've speculated on things and been wrong. At one point, I identified Iggy Pop's "Lust for Life" as being the last of his albums produced by David Bowie, which was incorrect. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the first official goof, but it's kind of the biggest one, and it was done by you, which is <laughs> a shock course. because you're like Mister Mister Prep and Mister Research, and I'm Mister Fly by the Seat of His Pants. I know. <laughs> uh, however, the mistake you made was 
very, very um, uh, relatable, and I didn't catch it. You conflated the singers of our two favorite Zolo bands. Right, right. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually said that Neil Finn was the lead singer of Sparks yeah. when it is Russell Male. Yeah, that's M A E L. We're not quite sure. It's either that or Maul, but I think it's Male. Yeah. So, so Sparks is uh, Russell Male. He's the lyricist and the lead vocalist, and then his brother Ron uh, plays keyboards. And and I I uh, I like myself myself like you have been listening to these bands a lot lately. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. and I think it was just a, a weird goof, and I don't know <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I'm surprised that we didn't catch that. Yeah. Well. We caught it eventually. I'm proud to say that we caught it before a listener caught it. Before anybody else did, exactly. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up next month. So all of November, we're celebrating the year 77, as far as punk and new waves go. Um, Our two main episodes are going to be the four to explore. We've picked out four albums. At the end of this episode, we'll announce which albums those are. We're going to do a real deep dive into those four and play play a bunch of music from that. And then um, at the very end of the month, we will do our best of 77. Oh, yeah. Um, episode we need we we haven't gotten any uh votes yet for best album however it is early we've decided on the deadline the deadline is going to be november 23rd we'll talk about that more at the end of the episode so let's go ahead and talk about wire yeah um should we do our album rankings first or do we just jump into it um well let's talk a little bit uh, first are um you know well it wouldn't be first impressions for for me but first mm-hmm. impressions for you since you're you're coming in pretty new and hot to yeah. this band yeah yeah so so where are you at with what oh and let's say that we are um we are only covering up in until um 1991 which was their second breakup Right. Um, so they there there's really three major chunks for wire um, 77 to 79 and then they got back together in 87 and released a whole bunch of albums through 91 and then they um, took a more than a decade long hiatus got back in uh, 2003 and have, have been going more or less steady up until well this year they released one so we're um we are just going to talk about the albums released up until uh or up in through 1991 um and somewhere down the road we will pick up and talk about the the rest of their stuff um so where where are you at with wire Um, are you loving them you know i'm really excited uh i have to say Listening to because I've recently listened to their entire like discography. Yeah, um, yeah. I really like the first album. I like how they are punk. I like how they're new wave. There's even some like gothiness in there for me, and I really dig on that too. So it's I don't know. It's all good stuff, man. I'm really digging it. Yeah, I'm really yeah. Really liking it a lot. Okay, uh, let's talk rankings. Of course, we're only going to rank up until 1991. 
let me go first and go right ahead, get yeah. that get that out of the way. I'm really curious to hear what your rankings are. So this is quite a shocker for me. I mean, there I I had so much. I think of all of the deep dives we've done so far. This has been the most fun for me to oh, to cool. rediscover their stuff. And I've always been like really into their their first phase, you know, their 70s punk and post-punk stuff. Um, and I've had, I, I pretty much have all of their albums, but I haven't really dove in to their stuff in 20 years or something. And I'm just so excited about all of it. Yeah. Uh, so um, my, and my favorite Wire album has changed. Oh, okay. I know, I know. Okay. So it's kind of blowing my mind. Okay, uh-huh. so here we're at. I'm I'm going to start with number one. So uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, my number one favorite Wire album has always been One Five Four. That was the one that got me loving them. Mm-hmm. But um, I have had a change of heart, and now I enjoy Chairs Missing better so chairs missing is my number one number two is one five four number three and this is the real shocker to me because i just going in i assumed it would be pink flag but i so completely connected with the first letter which was the were album. It wasn't a wire album. It was a were right. album. We'll talk <laughs> right. about that when we get to it. Released in 1991. So that's my number three. And then number four is Pink Flag. And I can hear collectively all of the hardcore um, wire fans groaning because Pink Flag is universally accepted as the best wire album and I think I think that's totally legit. It just wasn't clicking with me as much yeah. as those other. And it must be said, I really, I mean, the the lowest ranked album, I still liked. There's not a dog in here as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so number five is um, The Ideal Copy. Number six is Manscape. Number seven is I-B-T-A-B-A. Um, number eight is the drill, and number nine is the bell is a cup. Very good, very good. Well, um, this is all again. This is all mostly brand new to me. Uh, besides Pink Flag, which I've heard you know recently only, um, but I have to say that I really like Pink Flag a lot. So Pink Flag is my number one. Yeah, yeah. You and the rest of the world. Uh huh. Yeah. Number two is Ideal Copy. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. All right. Number three is first letter. That does surprise me. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes me... That Okay, that's great. So I'm not like... <laughs> I'm not way out in left field. No, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Number four is I-B-T-A-B-A. Uh-huh. Number five is Manscape. Number six is Chairs Missing. Number seven, A Bell is a Cup. Number eight is one five four, and number nine is drill. Wow! So I was way off on one five four. I <laughs> that just feels like such a Rob album. Yeah, 
it's huh. it's not well it's not that I don't like it. Yeah. It's it's that I don't like it quite as much as the one before it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I gotcha. This whole first segment that we're working on, I love every single album in it. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. just no no I just I really do. So Yeah. Okay, well let's um let's just do a, a couple real quick little factoids about wire. Um, so Wire consists of, and has has always consisted of, with a couple of notable little spots in their career, which we'll get to when we get to, Colin Newman, who is um, the lead vocalist and plays guitars, Graham Lewis, who plays bass and does um, vocals. He starts out not doing a lot of vocals, and then later on, he and and uh, Colin Newman really are kind of sharing the du- duties of lead vocalists. Um, <clears throat> Bruce Gilbert, guitarist, and Robert go to bed, or is it got to bod? It's <laughs> it's go to bed. He that is also his. Uh... His stage name, so <laughs> yes, of course it is. Um, on drums, yeah. Um, and so, as I mentioned just a second ago, there were there were two periods where they took like a decade off, and they've done lots of side projects. Um, Colin Newman did a whole bunch of solo albums. Mm. Um, uh, Lou. Lewis and Gilbert did um, a side project called Dome and released a couple of albums. Lewis did a, a solo project called He Said, and then Bruce Gilbert had a solo career as well. We will, we're not going to tackle any of that stuff this episode, but they are anything that was published before 1986. We will cover when we get to. them in the rundown um the top spot oh so new segment for the deep dives and i don't know why i didn't think about this before the top spotify songs for wire so this might be edifying number one is mannequin off of pink flag which is not a bad song but i don't i mean it must be like in the soundtrack to a uh British television show or something. I'm just, I'm scratching my head about why that's the num- hmm. number one wire song played on Spotify. Interesting. If yeah. if anybody has some insight and wants to reach out to us, I I'm dying of curiosity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ex Lion Tamer off of Pink Flag. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, we heard that last episode. Um, Outdoor Miner off of Chairs Missing, Three Girl Romba off of um, Pink Flag, and then The 15th off of 154. So all five songs off of their first phase um, in the 70s, and um, three of them off of Pink Flag. So you are definitely in good company as far as loving Pink Flag. All right, so we have heard already at this point we've already heard three songs off of pink flag we heard um one two xu from the favorite punk bands episode mm-hmm. we heard um x lion tamer last episode and then just now we listened to 
um, strange. Yeah. So let's listen to one more. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is my pick. Um, three girl, excuse me, three girl Roomba, and um, a couple of episodes ago, at the end of one of our shows, we played an Elastica song mm-hmm. uh, when we were talking about the Stranglers and how they got sued, um, and they got sued by both the publishers of the Stranglers catalog and the publishers of Wire. Um, now, the for the Stranglers, they were saying it was too similar to No More Heroes, which I didn't really hear. I mean, the the, the influence was there, but structurally, I didn't hear them cribbing off of that song. So Three Girl Rombo was, was the song that um, the publishers claimed was the elastica nicked from um and you you if you go back and listen to the elastica song which i believe is called connection um it's it's pretty darn identical it's not (laughs) quite identical but it's like the wire had or the publishers of the Wire catalog, I should be clear to say it wasn't Wire that was suing them, they had a much stronger case. Think of a number divided by two. Something is not found. Nothing is not found. Open a box. Tear off the lips. Then think of a number. Don't think of an answer. Open your Well, I, I'm surprised that I, I don't know why, I'm surprised that I really like this song. I guess being surprised is silly. It's it's a great album. It's a great punk album. Um, but Three Girl Rumba, just the title of it didn't strike me as something I'd be terribly interested in. As it turns out, it's, it's actually a pretty fun song. <laughs> well, I got to say, we have now listened to the four songs off this album that I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, I like this album, but these are the four songs that really stand out to me. And then a lot of the rest is sounding like really good punk, but not not re- resonating with me, right. you know, on a personal level. So right. thus, number four on my list. Yeah. Well, before we move on, I just want to say yeah. that I, I believe that Wire, amongst many other things, are great songwriters. Oh, um, oh, no doubt. It, this is a song. This is a songwriting band. This is like these lyrics that these guys are kicking out are not just random threads of words. They, I don't no, know. No, they, they get to that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something esoteric in there about it. Maybe, you know, these guys are just, they're such good songwriters. Yeah. Um, and if we yeah. don't understand the lyrics, it's because we're not meant to. There's there's yeah. definitely meaning to them, and, and maybe it's in that case it's just for them, but the songs are amazing. Ready to move on to Chairs yeah, Missing? Let's do it. So Chairs Missing to me is like 
right there in the sweet spot. So it's got more of it's 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 a little denser in a good way. It's it's got it's, it's got more sort of moody angst and experimental experimental like music scapes going on where the uh, where the the guitar and the the instrumentation is really mimicking the emotion of of what's going on with the yeah. vocalist i mean they that's 154's strong suit um but in here it's uh, for Sharon's missing, it's doing that, but it's also got that real nice driving punk attitude to it. Right. Um, so I love this album. I mean, it was so hard for me to pick a song, um, but uh, obviously I did pick a song. I picked Outdoor Minor, which is them doing pop. I love this song. So. <laughs> If, if in my universe, if there was like a Joseph alternate universe, Outdoor Minor would be like the Billie Jean or Beat It of pop music. This is like the most glorious pop there is. Um, and I am not the only one to think that because there has actually been a tribute album released um that called House Guests Wish, which I have not been able to track down yet. Unfortunately, oh. it's not on Spotify. Uh -huh. uh, it's a tribute album, 19 different versions of the song. <laughs> I, act, I, I am kind of surprised that you don't own that. I, I really am. Uh, well, I, I just found out about it when I was oh, doing okay. research for this. We'll have to rectify that situation and get you a copy someplace. <laughs> Face worker, a serpentine miner, a roof falls, an underliner, a belief structure, the egg timer. It's a great song, and, and it does surprise me that it's a little bit of a uh, little pop, a little poppy. Um, this still kind of feels punkish, like they're not quite out of their punk yeah, phase yet, you know? Right. Well, the label really wanted it to be a pop hit, so they had Wire do an extended version of it, um, uh, but it, it didn't it didn't get really get any traction as, as a as a pop hit it didn't make the charts um and i don't know that i've ever heard the extended version of it i think this is perfect i think yeah. all song all pop songs i mean the beatles had it right in the beginning of their of their career you know yeah. all pop songs should be around two minutes or less <laughs> <laughs> um so when i when i pick my songs i really kind of struggle with the fact that i don't want to use a single you know um, yep. and, and it's tough because singles are singles because, you know, they are amongst 
the, well, they're here, amongst the best songs. So here, here's my philosophy on that. I mean, picking a single from a band like Wire mm-hmm. is very different than picking a single from a band like The Police. Yeah. So particularly here in the U.S., you pick Wire's most famous single. I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh-huh. I guarantee you, 99% of the people have never heard it. Yeah. So, Good point. <laughs> so it's a whole different playing level. But you know, if if we get to synchronicity and you pick um, every breath you take, I'm mm. putting my foot down. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so what did you pick? Well, I picked uh, "I Feel Mysterious" today. Yeah. And uh, written by written by Graham Lewis. And again, I think the lyrics are just freaking amazing. Always calls for concern. When you're feeling quite bright And your filament burns I feel mysterious today Everything is humming loudly I feel mysterious today Everyone is coming this way Is it ever appealing? Stand on the ceiling Watch out Observe the tension grow Grow, grow. I feel mysterious today Everything is humming loudly I feel mysterious today Everyone is coming this way When we get to our four to explore for 78 It's going to be really hard for me to not pick this album because there are so many songs I love off of this album. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's like when I sat down and listened to this for the first time in a while, and it's probably been a good 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, I just went, I was gobsmacked. I was like, how is this not m- my favorite wire album? And the answer yeah. of course, well now it is, but yeah. uh, this is, this is an astonishing album. Love, love, love this album. Now let's talk about 154. So <clears throat> the first couple of Wire albums I got were actually the albums that they first released when they got back together in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And I, I like them. Um, and then I got 154 and I, this was on cassette, and I had my little Walkman back in the day, and I was on my bike, biking home, and I heard the song, Should Have Known Better. Mm-hmm. And that the first time I heard that song, I that's when I went from liking Wire to loving Wire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as you know, for the deep dives... As I go through, I kind of like try and guess what songs you're going to pick. And I came up with four this time, and I got Uh three of the four right. But the one that I got wrong was this one. I thought for sure that you that this was going to be your pick because this really feels like a rob let me, song let me fill you let me fill you in on a secret yeah uh, should have known better is actually my favorite song on this album mm. and uh i chose a different song 
um, for for reasons I may or may not divulge. But uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, mostly so I'm back yeah. four for four. Then yeah, I think you are. Yeah, no, it's oh, good. definitely. In fact, in fact, as I listen to it more and more, I'm like, God, I love this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, and I don't have. I'm not, even with bands that I'm like. A super fan of i'm not like one of those people who, who delves in and gets you know researches every little aspect about the personal lives of all of the members and da, 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 da. i just I, that's just not my personality i just focus on the music yeah. so i don't have a really good sense of the dynamic shift um for wire as they progress Mm -hmm. but my sense is that like the first couple of albums it's really it sounds like it's really mostly colin newman doing the vocals Mm -hmm. and then graham lewis doing some backup but by the time you get to this album he's there are some songs that he's really carrying and this is like the first like real you are in Graham Lewis land right. song and I love living in Graham Lewis land. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about the dynamics between Colin Newman and, and Graham Lewis when we get to their reformation, because that's when it becomes much more distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if Graham Lewis hadn't been part of, the um them reforming in the late 80s and early 90s i probably wouldn't care for that stuff as really as much because as you'll see pretty much all of my picks or almost all of my picks from here on out are graham lewis um i I don't know who wrote what which i'm just assuming that if they're doing the lead vocals they were the primary songwriter but you know i i just i i don't know that but yeah it's very much Graham Lewis taking you into his weird, tormented, um, and I love, I love his energy. He, he is such an expressive, I mean, he tells, he, he tells the story, not just in the words, but in his execution. Exactly. Um, That's, that's true. He's, he's a great lyricist and a great actor in, in his singing. The vengeance which you treasure. I've redefined the meaning of vendetta. The procession's disordered. You protect your possessions in the light of your actions. I question your love. May I make an observation? Your bite is worse than my aggression I should have known better I should have known better is indeed my favorite song and and i think that 
Graham Lewis has a lot to do with it. Uh, he's He's got the vocals that I like. He's got that, I don't know, he kind of puts me in, in a place where I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and uh, there there are areas throughout the albums where, where his vocals pop up and I feel like they're out of place. Not mm. that I don't like his vocals, uh-huh. but it's almost like, He's kind of treading someplace where you know maybe he's not wanted or he doesn't belong. This is he's kind of kind of going counter to yeah, the vibe to, of the to song. The flow. Yeah, right. yeah, I hear that. This is definitely his flow, like you said. Yeah, this is, this is his place. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely one of those songs where listening to 45 seconds of it does not do it justice. Yeah, it no. is a slow build. It is a it is a riding your bike home in the dark as a hormonal teenager type um, <laughs> song. Um, it is, ah, uh, it's, it's chef kiss to this song. It's good. So what did you pick? I chose <clears throat> single KO. And um, I, I, I really like this song too. Now I, I say that I like, I should have known better more. Um, this song is actually a song that I am slightly familiar with. Like I've heard it and I recognized it. And so when I heard it recently, it brought some, like, it brought some nostalgia back. And so I, I just kind of gravitated towards the song and I played it over and over again. So I had to choose it, but this is, yeah. I. So I, it, what, have, have you identified where, was it a cover that you were familiar with? No, I think I must have just heard it someplace. I don't oh, know if I heard uh-huh. it on a compilation album. If I oh, heard yeah. it, you know, maybe uh, when I was DJing for MWR, maybe I heard it through music that was passed to me. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it kind of struck a it kind of struck a chord, and I, you know, kind of went into this like nostalgic <laughs> daydream, and I'm like, ah, eh, this is the one I gotta pick. I found something no one else is looking for. I found something that there's no use for. And what's more, I'm keeping it to myself. To the floor I'm leaning over backwards Shoulders pressed to the door Two falls of submission Or a single KO Two falls of submission Or a single KO Now you are You are like much more the goth guy than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to defer to you, but my sense is that this sounds like this sounds like a precursor to goth. Am yeah. I way off base on that no. or No, yeah. and and I and I think it has a lot again, it has a lot to do with uh, Graham Lewis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not you're not off base. In fact, they even get a little gothier later on, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the hit single, and I'm putting quotes around that, um, as you can just assume with any song that I talk about with Wire, as far as being a hit single, 
um, at least the song that the uh, record label pushed as a single was Map Ref, 41 degrees north, 93 degrees west. So with that super duper catchy pop title, I don't know how it <laughs> failed. <laughs> But somehow it did. <laughs> so then Wire Break Up. Um, yeah. So that was um, 79. They released 154, and they don't release their next LP until uh, 1987 with the ideal copy. So this is a full reformation of the band, all four members. Um, <clears throat> before that, they had released the snake trail at ep however even from the first release of um the ideal copy on most formats the ep was included in it so i really consider it part of the original release i think it yeah. was not included in the vinyl original release but everything else it was um <clears throat> and this was the first album of theirs that I had um, it's pretty good it is mm -hmm. it's it really feels like a transition from their early stuff to everything that they're going to do from here on out because the the next album is drastically different and really kind of helps pave the way for the their sound you know through through the 90s these uh, this this album, uh, they have a new producer. You know, the last albums, uh, last couple albums were, I think Mike Mike Thorne produced them. This this one uh, and the following were both produced by Gareth Jones, and he he produced bands like Depeche Mode and Erasure, and you can definitely feel that coming into Ideal Copy. You can definitely feel there's like a, I wouldn't call them. I'm not going to compare the three bands, but I mean, there's definitely that feel. You can you can kind of see that there's an angle that they're trying to to achieve. At least I think that's Gareth Jones. You know, he's he's got them going in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So the second song that I was convinced you were going to pick, and indeed you did, was "Feed Me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is another. Um, Graham Lewis, like, wallowing in his <laughs> own dark, depraved, depressed world. Um, uh, oh, it's it's so effective. It's 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 even more of a slow burn uh, than um, you, I should have known better. Uh, but yeah, it's got Rob written all over it. <laughs> you know, some place, sometimes this is where we feel comfortable. You know, it's. <laughs> in our own wallowing. <laughs> Don't give me that. It's your time. I've Forever, my fool. 
so glad that you picked this because then I would have, um, I really would have been torn between Feed Me and Ambitious, which yeah. is my pick. This is, uh, there. there's a lot of dynamics going on in this album, which I really appreciate. I mean, it was, it was hard for me to not pick the song Drill, which was off of the Snake Drill EP, because uh, that's a great song too. But I, I love Ambitious. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this is Graham Lewis um, again. And uh, the lyrics are great. The music is great. Um, this, is, this is one of my favorite wire songs. Critics thought that they sounded a lot like New Order, mm, and mm-hmm. um, there's a music journalist by the name of Richard uh, Richard Grable, and he pointed out that a lot of bands like New Order had taken cues from the 1970s Wire, and now in 1987 things had come full circle, and it, yeah. it goes back to that feedback loop that you mentioned once before, you know. Yeah. Um, where this band influences this band, and now this band is influencing that band, and yeah. you know it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty-eight, the release um, "A Bell Is a Cup," and um, this was the second album I had of theirs, and this is really my least favorite Wire album, at least mm-hmm. through until. Um, the end of the uh, turn of the century. This is not this is not working for me. So at this point, um, Colin Newman, he sounds stuck to me. He's got mm. he's developed his own style, and e- every song that he does lead vocalist sounds pretty similar. You know. It really feels like you could you could lift his vocal performance off of one song, put it into whatever key it needs to, and and adjust the tempo and plop it into another song. Right, um, right. And just in general, and I have no no um, proof of this, but it really sounds to me like the early Wire stuff, like the first two albums members were sitting down and writing songs and then they were arranging it together and then recording them. Whereas here it feels like they're getting together and they're jamming and they're doing the music and then they're coming up with vocals 
on top of it, which is a pretty standard, I've talked about this before, you know, a pretty pretty typical way of creating music, um, which is a great way if you're doing dance music and you're it's all about the groove and everything. But to right. me, quite often the, the songwriting itself gets really samey sounding. And of all the Wire albums, this is the album that sounds the samiest to me. Like each song kind of sounds like it's a a stepbrother of the last song, yeah. but not not in a good way. So, yeah. Having said that, they they release a super killer, very pop single with the super killer, very pop title of kidney bingos i mean i this song cracks me up because it is so poppy and if they had if they had done lyrics if they had done like some vapid i love you you broke my heart type lyrics this really probably would have been a fairly successful single but at this point it's going to be less easy to convince me that all of their lyrics have meanings. Now they're just doing like, <laughs> before Beck was doing Beck, they're doing yeah. it. Where they're just like, throw, it's the the poetry of, of the rhythm of words and how they bounce off of each other as opposed to the actual story of it uh-huh. um, in a narrative sense, which is not there's nothing wrong with that. That is a valid artistic direction to go in. It's I just find it a little less compelling. Well, I I I still hold that I think that they're great songwriters. Even in A Bell Is a Cup, I think that there's some hidden meaning between the nonsensical lyrics that yeah. <laughs> that they're giving to us. So yeah, but the thing about he- hidden meaning is you've got to care enough to go hunting for that hidden meaning I just don't in this album I just don't care care enough my song for this album kidney bingos was was uh, one of three choices <laughs> yeah um uh, another choice was a public place but what i ended up going with was come back in two halves and it's because i just love the lyrics Yeah. 
album were they was it a i mean was it a legitimate stab for like pop chart acceptance i really i really think so and again i i kind of go back to gareth jones as the producer i i think Uh that uh you know depeche mode was big erasure was big um and i really think that he kind of wanted that direction for the band for the for the album um I don't know that it quite pulled it off in in Bella's a cup to be honest. Yeah, uh, and and the the lyrics are are really playing against the songs if yeah. if you're if you're trying for like yeah. hitting the charts. Um my my sense is that they were kind of doing what the Stranglers were doing where like we want to do pop but we want to invent our own kind of pop. Yeah, there's um, definitely there's definitely some of that inventive uh, yeah. energy going on there. Yeah, but this is that. this this just isn't worth. It's not a bad album. I mean, mm-hmm. I I would perf- I would choose to listen to this album over the best album of a lot of other bands. You know, producing music at this time for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it's just the the their quality level of output is so high that this really sticks out to me as being just okay to pretty good well there's another thing about this album too and i i feel like their other albums are in a way kind of timeless i mean you could tell that it was perhaps made in the 80s or the 70s Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can listen to it today and it's great this album right here to me feels like 1988 It'll yeah. always it'll always be 1988, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so I it's got a bit that. Dated. In 1989, Wire releases I B T A B A, which stands for "It's Beginning to and Back Again." I think I got that right. Yeah, sounds um, good. <laughs> the hit single off of this album was "Eardrum Buzz," which was actually their most successful single. It wasn't. It wasn't really super successful, but it was their most successful single. Um, this is a strange album. I think mm-hmm. you like this album a lot more than I did. So half of this album was reinterpretations of live performances of material right. from A Bell is a Cup. Right. So while A Bell is a Cup is sounding so like studio produced... <laughs> they they obviously when they were touring for it they those songs evolved with their live performances and then they came came back and re- so half of that album is reinterpreted songs that honestly most of those I have a hard time linking back to the original so they really revamped these songs yeah um, and then one song is just a 
very long version of a, a song that was off of the Ideal Copy, mm-hmm. which is a song I really liked off of Ideal Copy, but I love off yeah. of this. This is definitely the the highlight of the album for me. It was my another guess that you would pick this as your song, Good and choice. you did, yeah. um, called Over There. Something is a hard song i mean it's hard <laughs> as in like industrial and yeah. driving and it's, now it's almost 10 minutes long right. i don't feel like it needs to be that long but it is definitely one of those driving your car on a country road at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. type songs yeah. so it's, great for that you just it, get lost in the song there's a great it's got a great intro um, it's grungy sounding and dark, and uh, the vocals are not so dark. But I mean, it's it is a great song, and it and it is like you said, it's hard. It's it's kind of gritty, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just I am surprised that this song isn't all over movie soundtracks. Yeah, true. Because this this just sounds like um, you know the drug induced <laughs> crime spree scene you see yeah. so often in yeah. in movies um love this song <clears throat> 1990 sees the release of the retroactively tragically named manscape <laughs> this is of course before manscaping was a thing Boy, they were visionary <laughs> yeah. um so of all of their albums, this is the album that sounds like they're really trying to give New new Order a run for their money. I don't love it. It's sounding kind of samey to me. There's a lot of Colin Newman stuff on it, which right. doesn't, you know, is, I find much less compelling at this point um, than uh, Graham Lewis's stuff. Well, they're, they're, again, there's, this is another album where they're sounding like, maybe they're sounding like 1986 or 1987, but it's a 1990 album. This is nothing, or I don't say nothing like 1990s music, but, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they seem to be kind of stuck someplace. Yeah, yeah, that's my sense. My sense is they're kind of treading water. Like, they, they haven't, they haven't gotten inspired to venture out and explore some new territory. Yeah, you know we're we're saying we're saying this, and of course this band is is still producing music. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean they're, yeah. And they're great. We're you know, well, we're not knocking them. They're a great. Oh band. no 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 no, and and that's that's about to change with mm-hmm. the next album. They they are they really 
go to a new place, which I love. Um, but this album is, you know, it's it's all right. When I, you know, my re- reluctant enthusiasm for this phase of their career up until I sat down to to prepare for this episode, I was really thinking about this album and a, a bell is a cup mm-hmm. and kind of forgetting about the other albums. Um, so in my mind, this those two were kind of Sum- summarized up this period of their their output, which I think was entirely unfair because yes. the vast majority of what they're doing at this point is is really really good. So this was the fourth song that was like a no brainer for me that Rob was going to pick. <laughs> okay. This is another really long song. I think it's almost eight minutes. If you hadn't picked it, I would have picked it, but I knew you were going to pick it. And, uh-huh. you know, this is, I didn't feel like I particularly wanted to hear two songs off of this album. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, it's a great I'm, song. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, it is. Anything else about Manscaped? Mm, no. <laughs> no. So, Drill, um, I haven't quite wrap my brain around drill they released this um in early 91 just a bunch of different versions of the song drill off of the ideal copy they keep going back to the ideal copy yeah Um, it is apparently the ideal copy yeah (laughs) um now uh, the these songs I had a hard time tracing any of these songs back to the original drill. So they really just use that as a starting place yeah. and um, completely change things for each of the songs. Um, but it's, it's, it's sounding kind of samey to me, samey within the context of itself. It's not sounding like Manscape at all. It's got a whole yeah. different feel to it, but I just, I can't wrap, I just can't get a grip on this album. This is another album that's officially known as an EP, um, even though it's you know it's got eight full tracks and it's it's a long. So let's talk about the song that you picked. Oh yeah, I picked in every city. Um, The sound of this song is actually where I enjoy it. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not necessarily the lyrics, although I don't know if this makes sense to you, but the sound of the lyrics, not the words themselves, but like this is a song where to me the vocals and the uh, and the music seem to to work well together. Yeah, you know, um, this is the only song, wire song that I can think of off the top of my head where the lyrics kind of kind of veer into like juvenile tee hee lyrics. Yeah, you know, that might be like, the case. oh I'm gonna yeah. drill you <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Beavis and Butthead chuckle. Um, so I and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just I've always considered their songwriting and their lyrics pretty sophisticated in a way. Yeah. You know, even I mean they're they're a punk band, so that sounds a little little, you know, at odds with the idea of sophistication, but but as far as their their lyric content, this sounds this sounds more like a, a high school band, you know, in their garage coming up with lyrics. But yeah. Whatever. It's it's uh like I said, I, I this whole album I just kinda go, well, you know. It's it's my least favorite album too, but I still had a good time listening to it. Starting with So now we get to talk about their the final album that they release before they uh, take another hiatus. This album, um, the drummer bows out. Now he comes back when they reform in um, 2003. Um, and I love this about them. Um, they released this album under the name the band named Were. So that's W-I-R, because the E left. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting, too, is if you look at the uh, album art, the W in Were is actually a three. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What a surprise this album was. I, you know, I have, oh, I... I got this album probably not too long after it came out, and I don't know what my problem was. I think I was just so stuck in, oh, I love the 70s Wire stuff that I, I just never really sat down and gave it a chance. I might have had it, you know, playing in the background from time to time or had it in my car and listened to a song there or a song there. Yeah. But this is a, this is an album... That it this is a headphones on listen to it late at night kind of album. Yeah, so exactly. When, when I was preparing for this episode, I 
you know, I always listen to the albums in order. So this is, this was one of the last ones I got to and I was floored by it. And then, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you're just in the right mood. So mm-hmm. I was like, I better come back to this a, a day or two later. Cause I just didn't believe that I loved it as much as I did. And, you know, every couple of days I came back and would listen to it again and go, oh yeah, I love this. Now I love this there's different ways to love really love albums so some albums you love because there there are a handful of just songs that absolutely knock your socks off this is not one of those albums this is a this is a uh a pool that you dive in and you float in and you just get absorbed into it um it's it's not trance it's not electronica per se but it's got that sort of feel um and it's not really dance but it's uh, it's got some it's it's like them doing their thing and but like firing on all cylinders you know mm-hmm. this this album completely works for me now yeah. it, it was my number three it was your number three as well yeah, right it was yeah what a shock. What a shock. And <laughs> and with only three of the original band members, I never would have guessed. Like I said, I kept coming back to this going, did I get that right? And then listening to it again and going, yep, I got it right. Well, well I listened to this album multiple times as well, and, and I kept coming back to it. And part of the reason I kept coming back to it was the fact that, you know, I thought I had picked the song I wanted to hear. And I'm like, no, wait, wait, maybe it's that song. Or maybe it's yeah. this song, or maybe it's that song. Yeah. And so I'd I'd pick a song and I'd sit with it for a while, and then I'd go back and listen to the album yeah. again, and I'd pick a different one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, it, it's not an album where it has like one or two or three super standout songs that, that are head and shoulders above right. the rest. Um, I'm really glad that you picked Footsie Footsie because that was, I had it narrowed down to about four and Footsie uh-huh. Footsie was one of them. Um, but, um, well, yeah, let's, li- let's listen to Footsie Footsie. album is really feels like it's a Graham Lewis album. Mm-hmm. So A Bell is a Cup was all about the um, Colin Newman energy. Mm-hmm. This one feels like at least all of the high points for me feel like it's Graham Lewis just doing his thing. Um, I love the song No Cows on the Ice for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The title of being one of them. Yeah. Um, but this is, um, 
this has a in the in the chorus it's got such a cool subtle strange effect that that absolutely hooks me can it be and is it true can it Yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. did. Yeah. No Cows on yeah. the Ice was actually one of my uh, four choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's you're right about that. There's there's a certain effect in there that hooks you, and uh, uh, the title to me is just kind of <laughs> silly. But when you listen to the song, it's uh, I don't know. It's a great song. Yeah. Well, we blaze through this episode. Um, I'm, I'm feeling like, gosh, have we, have we shortchanged wire? We are (laughs) obviously going to get to the rest of their catalog later on. Um, the original plan was that we were going to try and cram it all in, um, and, you know, really talk about the stuff through the eighties and then just blaze through the rest of it. But as we were listening to this you know the last couple of weeks it was decided that we can't we can't do that that would be a grave injustice we really need to give the rest of the wire catalog a a a real scrutiny and just the idea if we'd done that we really we would have only been able to feature one song off of each album and that would have that would have broke my heart i mean uh, all of these are are albums that we could have featured four or five songs and um not gotten bored so so i have a i have a friend who's who's a comedian a stand-up comedian out of uh sacramento and uh, he's a huge wire fan Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I guess when he, does your friend uh, have a name? Yes. Keith Will Jensen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keith well, Will well, Jensen. Keith Will Jensen. Keith, Keith Lowell Jensen. And, uh, he's a great, he's a great stand up comedian, but he's got, um, he's got a, I guess his, his CDs are on various platforms, you know? So he was doing a spot for one of these platforms and he said uh, in this spot, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to tell you about my, my dumb tracks from my CD, but uh, really I'd like to pitch Wire um, because they're the best band. <laughs> they're better than, uh, oh gosh, I can't even quote him correctly, but he he went off to say they're better than this band and they're better than that band and they're better than that. Also, well, go listen to my dumb tracks. So. <laughs> And so, do you have any idea? Was he is he mostly like a 
70s version of wire or is it I don't the board know. For him? I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm I'm going to find out. I just know that yeah. he he is a huge fan of the band. He loves them. I know in the UK they are they are a little bit more well known even to this day, but um in the US it's like if anyone has ever heard of wire at all, it's almost certainly be, been because some band that they love has talked about how influenced they were yeah. by Wire. So Wire yeah. is just, they have never gotten a uh, fair shake here in the U.S. And and, and I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something that I, I kind of um, skipped over, I don't know how I did this. Um, let's talk about a couple of these albums and like how they rank as far as charts go. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think when we talked about Pink Flag, uh, I mentioned that Rolling Stone considers it the number six greatest punk album and their number 412th greatest album of all time. I I think number six greatest punk album is very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chairs Missing is... NME's 384th greatest album of all time. So that's that's all I've got about Wire. Um, let's talk about what's coming up, Rob. Oh, yeah. Four to Explore. Shall we go there? Oh, yeah. First of all, let's mention um, the link to the Spotify playlist for this episode featuring mm-hmm. all of these fantastic Wire songs you have oh, probably not ever heard. Uh, is in the show notes. You are going to want to go and listen to the 10-minute version of um, Over There's. <laughs> you are. Um, you really are. <laughs> and feed, feed Me is something you definitely need to hear all the way through. I should have known better. So many great Wire songs um, that just 45 seconds don't do them justice. Yeah, you got to hear the yeah. whole thing. Yep. Um... The best of 77 voting is open. As far as I know, we haven't gotten any entries yet, but it's still early. We have established a um, deadline. So voting will end on the 23rd of November. So you've you've still got plenty of time. I know I, I didn't really expect anyone to put in their list this quickly um, because you gotta. This is important stuff. You gotta sit down and and get your ducks in a row, do a little Serious homework, business. and yeah. uh, um, <clears throat> all of that. So, and we've got Ford Explorer coming up, which may influence you. So that's um, coming up the first Sunday of next month. Mm-hmm. What albums are we going to explore for um, 1977? Well. Y- you pick two and I pick two. Yeah. And um, my two to explore have to do with the fact that I feel like we just didn't spend enough time on those albums. And it's it's not that I love them so much. I want to go swim in them again. It's, it's more like I want to get to know these albums better. Uh-huh. And so I picked I'm Stranded by, by the, the Saints. Saints. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Introducing Sparks. Cool. <laughs> Hopefully, um, my enthusiasm for these albums will increase once we delve into them. 
I, well, I'm hoping that. See, that's what I'm hoping for. I, yeah, I want, right. No, you yeah. are you you are capturing the spirit of that this upcoming episode much more than I am. Uh-huh. Where <laughs> I'm picking albums, I just want to hear more songs from because I love them. Well, yeah. actually, that's kind of true. So that's my first pick is uh, Richard Hell's Blank Generation. Yeah, I knew it. Just because that album, I, I I'm gobsmacked by, and I mm. wanna I wanna just make sure that I really do love it as much as I think that I do, and yeah, I want other people to. Um, you know, only two songs off of that album. That just doesn't seem right. It's right. it is such a lost treasure that I think we need to give um, our listeners a chance to to really get the scope of how awesome that album is. Now, the second album is Ultravox's debut album, Ultravox, which mm-hmm. of the two albums they released this year is not my favorite. I like Ha 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 a lot more. Right. But this album, this is this album is actually the, the inspiration for this episode, the four to explore, oh, because okay. there. If you remember, how much do you remember about this album? Uh, yeah, I I can't yeah. say. <laughs> okay, so there are there are at least four songs off of this album that sound like they're ripoffs of other bands that don't exist yet. So there oh, is a right, Duran right. Duran song ripoff, which is a ridiculous thing to say because Duran Duran doesn't exist yet. And then there's several other bands. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but it is, it's really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, pre- pre- prescient. Is is that the word mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah. for? Not pubescent, right. but no, prescient. No, no. Prescient is right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to um, yeah. so we're going to take a look at Blank Generation by Richard Hell, Ultravox by Ultravox, and I'm Stranded by the Saints and Introducing Sparks by Sparks. Mm-hmm. So that might really help inform. Um, our listeners' picks as far as the best of 77. It might also change ours. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, yep. I think you're pretty solid in your number one. I think you're pretty solid in your number one. Um, um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll <laughs> see. Yeah, it could be that I'm just, like, totally crushed out on this album. And, you know, once I get past the honeymoon phase, it could be that it's really not for me and I've just got stars in my eyes. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll see. I mean, that's yeah. that that's a good reason to pick this album for Florida right. Explorer. Yeah. 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 Where can people go to vote, Rob? Oh, they can go to vote on Facebook, Deep Dyes and Deep Cuts. They can also go to Instagram, Deep Dyes and Deep Cuts. Or if you don't like social media, because so many people don't like social media, you can get us at deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. Yeah, so go and, and um, if you wouldn't mind, go and find the post where we talk about um, the voting. And we'll, we'll have the list of all of the albums. If you could put it in the comments for that post, it'll yeah. be just a, there's a lot less chance we will um, accidentally overlook it. 
Yeah, we don't want to um, overlook anybody. Here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So once again, the deadline for that is November 23rd. You've got plenty of time. A lot of great music to go through. If you got this far, chances are you uh, are digging this podcast. If you want to do us a solid, please do go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, even if it's just one sentence. Um, I cannot tell you how important those reviews are in helping with our visibility so other people uh, with the same sensibilities as yours uh, can find this. Mm -hmm. Cool. Right. I, I think we're, I think we are done. I think our work here is done. I will talk to you the first Sunday of next month where we're going to explore four albums from 1977. Great. It was, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks and catch you all later. All right. Good night, everybody.